What's good? It's your boy Stephen Malcolm, and you are listening to MTMV Sports. Let's get it. This is Aftermath, where we bring you the month that was in MMA. It's your man, the voice, fights correspondent for MTMV Sports, and I am joined by. My MMA man, the bearded one, the visionary of ambush sports. You know, him. we love him. None other than Josh the Moose. Moose. What's going on, Josh? Not much, man. I'm just happy to be back on here talking some MMA, man. Man, you and me both. It has been far too long. I know uh, you had uh, that, that other bootleg. Um, aftermath that you were doing and that was sucking up your time um, <laughs> <laughs> no so salute to to um to a a aftermath I, I really enjoyed listening to as well as watching uh the AAF I'm, I'm kind of saying that it's not around anymore and I know that this weekend uh, you still had some AF kind of hangover plans going in and that took you to Vegas uh, but it was not a trip wasted as far as ambush sports was concerned in your coverage so to tell the people a bit about what happened in Vegas yeah man um, I, honestly uh, thanks to you and on just a, a suggestion that you had on Friday I believe uh, you had told me to reach out to, uh, I believe it was John Morgan, and see if there was any MMA events here in Vegas, um, which made sense as soon as you said it, even though I knew there was no UFC or Bellator, but I was like, this is Vegas. It's like, this is the fight capital. There's got to be something. Right. I jumped on real quick and just did a quick Google search and saw something like 25 minutes down the road. Um and not only was it just an MMA event, I mean, it was amateur uh, fighting, but you had UFC Hall of Famers, Stefan Bonner and Forrest Griffin that were hosting. Uh, so I had the opportunity to get down uh, down there at Sam Town Hall uh, and got a chance to watch these fights, uh, got a chance to cover these fights actually as media, uh, sat right, nice. right on the cage side. I mean, it was close, close. Uh, got a chance to meet Stefan Bonner. Got a picture with Forrest Griffin. Uh, got a chance to see some really good fights, man. Some really good fights, uh, including the main event. Um, and I, of course, do not have it pulled up right now, the young man's name. Uh, but another young, just a real young, hungry Hawaiian guy. Mm. Uh, and, buddy, does he fight a lot like Max Holloway? <laughs> I'm sure that somebody that he watches, I'm sure that that's just kind of that style, but he is so loose and so quick. And I mean, they went a full five rounds. And I mean, I honestly could probably count on two hands as many times as he got hit mm. and just the volume. And there was the same deal, small ring. I mean, if you checked this out on Twitter, you saw it was a very small ring. Uh, so really not a, a lot of room to move anyway. But just that same forward pressure that you see from a lot of these Hawaiian fighters and Ali Malay McFarlane or, or a Max Holloway that he'll catch you one, two, three, four. And as you try to back up and reset, you're catching five, six, seven, eight. Mm. <laughs> and um, ended up winning a, a unanimous decision. And hats off to the other young man for not going down. 
Um, I mean, just getting tagged up over and over and over again. But really a good round of fights. Some Muay Thai, uh, some Muay Thai matches were there. Uh, phenomenal, phenomenal Muay Thai matches. Uh, man, it was just a really cool opportunity. Is the first MMA event that we, as Ambush Sports, have had the opportunity to get to. Um, so getting a chance to see these these young men in action uh, was was really really cool, and I uh, definitely got the uh, the bug now, man. <laughs> nice, nice. And uh, as I shared with you, you helped me to kind of get over myself. It's like we've got a promotion that's uh, fairly well known regionally here and you know it's like well should i apply should i not apply i'm a, I'm a bit intimidated it's like well it took me back to my sales days it's like well if they say no you're in the same position you're in now so may as well give it a shot and i, I know now some of the things that i need to do to um to get that done so i'll do my research and uh get her done and hopefully get on and and uh, look forward to having my first ringside press uh row event to cover uh for mcmv sports so yeah uh, as uh rick sensei would say keep it locked we're gonna keep it locked and lock in and then get everything going but yeah i'm so glad that we're finally able to get one of these done uh and we're gonna give you two for one this uh we're recording this at the end of april so uh we're going to give you march since we're in april and since it's the end of april and all the fights have transpired for the month we're gonna give you april as well so um why don't we just go march and then we'll go april and i'll let you lead the dance so um and you can leave with whatever you want to leave with whatever you come with i'll come with the uh with the opposite all right, man. So, uh, well, I've got just written down notes wise. And since we're starting here in March, I just got submission. Okay. So uh, going through and uh, because it's been a while, I had to go back and try to refresh myself on as many of these fights as I could. Uh, so if I missed, you know, like the best submission, I do apologize. But one of the ones that stood out to me that I happened to uh, – be uh, really thinking about and it, it kind of came in right at the cusp uh, of, of March here is uh, a, a very familiar name in a maybe if you're you know kind of a, a, a pretty diehard MMA fan uh, organization but we're gonna go I'm gonna go with rather Demetrius Johnson in mm. one championship yeah um, like I said right on the cusp uh, and on March 31st, 31st, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, sir, <laughs> you are correct. Um, maybe that's why I remember that one, because it's the <laughs> most recent. Um, but I really did want to get this. This is really one of the only, uh, like, outside of the major promotions uh, that I that I had, uh, I really have on, on anything here. But, again, uh, Demetrius Johnson making his one debut after the big, you know, the big trade with mm-hmm. UFC and, and one. Um, you know, this is still, you know, the guy considered the, the best pound for pound fighter uh, in the world by, by many, many experts. Um, and he came in a different division or, or rather a different organization. And he proved just that um, round one uh, kind of came and went, you know, and but everybody was waiting for this, this something to happen. And Johnson uh, in the second round 
uh, locked up a very, very, very tight, like standing guillotine that was putting pressure not just on the neck, but the way he was standing was kind of was torquing the head. So it was almost like a it's like a neck crank and a guillotine, almost at the same time. It was crazy. And the only way, you know, the way that only a Demetrius Johnson would be able to get this kind of a choke, right? Um, really came out, secured that sucker in, um, you know, did the did the, the, the kick flips as he was going through. <laughs> uh, you know, just having fun, man, to see him, uh, you know, just to see kind of like the, the reception that he was getting uh, here in the crowd and stuff, man. It's really cool to see him, uh, like, super appreciated over here in one and uh, I wanted to throw him a little bit of love since he's not our UFC champion anymore. Uh, but he's 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 going to be working his way very quickly, I believe, uh, into the uh, the championship here uh, for through this. Uh, I believe it's a Grand Prix they're doing, mm-hmm. a flyweight Grand Prix. Uh, so I, I I would imagine if this is Demetrius Johnson, like kind of in midseason form, if you will, I wouldn't uh, be surprised if that's the first highlight submission that we uh, or the last rather that we talk about from from old DJ. All right. Well, that is an excellent, excellent choice. And uh, in defense of one championship, they are the largest MMA organization in Asia, which is one of the largest regions in the nation. So just because they just got their uh, deal here in the U.S. doesn't mean they haven't been killing it for a while. So I would have to disagree with you. He's still in a major organization. It's just one that uh, does not... Um, it's not necessarily catering to the U.S. Uh, market. They're yeah. trying to do more to make those inroads through uh, Bleacher Report Live and TNT. But yeah, I mean, it, you know, still a major organization, and 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 you know me, I love one. I love one championship. As a matter oh, yeah. of fact, in fact, uh, <laughs> I look forward to the fights that they have on Friday mornings because I get to kind of let those play as I'm starting my day working so but anyway i digress i i have uh something else so i'm gonna go with the sub and then since we're talking about one because my fight of the month comes from that same card i'll uh i'll share that but my sub of the month was jack hermanson's guillotine of david branch uh that was my sub of the month just because of who it was on david branch and people kind of tried to downplay it when Hermanson uh, went to fight Jacare. Was like, yeah, you know, I know he submitted David Branch, but you know, Jacare is a different beast. And I agree. Don't get me wrong. I agree wholeheartedly that Jacare is probably the best, and if not the best, one of the best BJJ practitioners in the game. But David Branch is a Henzo Gracie black belt. He, he is nothing to sneeze at and not only is he a Henzo Gracie black belt he has his own school as well so yeah he, he's no slouch when it comes to ground uh, games and the fact that Hermanson caught him, caught him as quickly as he did and pretty much had him stuck I mean he was just standing there was like I don't know what to do I can't I can't do anything it's like I'm gonna have to tap that was phenomenal absolutely phenomenal absolutely phenomenal and like I said, I, I'll just roll right along into my fight of the month, which was uh, the strawweight title matchup between Zhang Jingna and Andrea Lee. That fight was bananas. And it came down to 
the last round. Whoever won that round was going to win the fight. I had it uh, all tied up two to two going into that round. And I really thought that Lee was going to get it. And she just gassed out. And uh, that gas did not allow her, I should say, when her tank emptied, she could not take the shots anymore. And the punching panda did just that, just continued to punch her nonstop until the ref had to come in and save her. Oh, my goodness. That was, oh, I, I get chicken skin just thinking about it. Salute to Lemonade McFarlane. Uh, yeah, that, that was a phenomenal, phenomenal fight. So what was your fight of the month for March? Uh, my fight of the month for March, I have uh, Garbrandt and Munoz. Mm. Um, it was quick, but it was it was there was a lot of action. <laughs> yeah. um, it was it was it was neat. It was a good fight. Um, a lot of anticipation kind of be building up with the, with Cody kind of coming back. You know, after he lost that second time to TJ, he kind of disappeared. I mean, he he deactivated a lot of social medias. Um, he just kind of went off the grid. There was a lot of speculation as to what the heck was going to happen. Uh, you know, was he come, was he going to come back? Was I mean, was this it? I mean, was he going to change camps? There, I mean, just a lot of everybody was throwing stuff out because he just disappeared, right? And so here we go. We get this 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 fight announcement. Everybody's getting excited about it. Garbrandt's back. Um, let's see. Obviously, he's learned, right? He, he gets knocked out uh, by T.J. Dillashaw uh, the same exact way, two different times. I mean, we, we've actually, I believe, talked about this mm-hmm. the second time with how how do you do the same thing <laughs> that you did the, the first time? You changed nothing and you got the same exact result. Um, so here we are, you know, new, improved Cody Garbrandt going to make another run for the title here. And instead we get TJ Dillashaw, <laughs> Cody Garbrandt again, um, starts off. You know, kind of using that speed, using that head movement, um, kind of you know hurts Munoz a little bit, and just turns off everything that says uh, this is how we fight smart, this is how we use our uh, everything to our advantage, and just starts throwing those really wide sweeping mm-hmm. uh, punches, and got right into his trade with Munoz um, a number of times. In the first two or three exchanges, he came he came out as the the winner. On those exchanges, uh, landing a couple of knees after, you know, boom, 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 throwing a couple punches, ate a couple, but nothing bad, and then hit him with a flying knee. Munoz backs up, starts again, um, and then, you know, he catches one inside uh, from Munoz. He goes with the left, misses the sweeping left, and as he comes back with the right, Munoz catches him clean, like just in between the eye and the ear there, and uh, down goes Cody Garbrandt in, you know, the, the Cody Garbrandt fashion with very little ground awareness once he hits the ground <laughs> and kind of rolls the wrong direction again, takes a couple extra shots um, and goes out. Uh, again, not overly, not an overly long fight, but definitely a fight from start to finish where like every, it doesn't matter who you're cheering for. You're sitting on the edge of the seat because these dudes were just throwing bombs and with just no regard for life or safety. <laughs> mm. <laughs> they were just, you, you, you knew about a minute and a half in that someone's probably going to sleep in the next four minutes. <laughs> right. And, and, uh, and that's exactly what we got. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was it turned into more of a tough man competition than a <laughs> uh, professional fight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, what, what was your KO of the month? My KO of the month, I'm going to go with Jorge Masvidal. Mm. Um, 
it was it was on my list for maybe the fight, but um, I didn't want to kind of double up. So I just decided to go with a knockout. And the crazy thing is, man, March is just full of freaking amazing knockouts. Um, so it was actually kind of hard to, to come down to just one. Um, but I think what sold me is on my five-hour flight here to Las Vegas. I happened to download M- uh, the MMA podcast, uh, Joe Rogan's MMA podcast, where he was talking with uh, Masvidal. And they actually discussed that fight, and they actually discussed the knockout. Um, so I, I, I kind of had a little bit of bias going into it because I had a little more information and a little more background on uh, said knockout. And when they were talking about it, Joe had said, well, you were catching him with that that same shot a couple of times, that left. And Masvidal said, no, 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 no. I hadn't even thrown that left. That was the first time I threw that. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a particular punch that we knew that Till was susceptible to at certain points. And my coach had started to train me on this particular strike many, many, many months ago. And then, like, we just kind of understood it, and then we put it away. And when the Till fight happened, he said, we came out, and I did. I threw that punch almost a thousand times, um, like, the first day, just to get that thing ingrained, that this is what this punch is going to look like, this is when you're going to throw it. And sure enough, he said it was going through, it was happening. The coach had told him in, the, in between rounds, hey, he's starting to do that. Where he, I believe he would drop his right hand and dip his head a little bit. And he said, hey, now's your chance. If you see it, go for it. And so he, he said, I, I went, and I, I think he threw that that like a, like a, a low right. Sure enough, Dill kind of, or Dill, Till rather dipped. <laughs> and when he did, he came across with that that left hand and then of course the you know he was asleep at that point the right mm-hmm. hand just for good measure on the way down and almost another left on the way down um you know was able to come down and uh, uh thankfully thankfully you know referee was was in a good spot and was able to stop for any more damage but uh till was out out on on the initial shot um just having that little bit of background was was neat it was kind of cool to have that information you don't always get any of that information at all so to know that this was a, a strike that he had practiced uh, months and months and months ago and then fine-tuned it for this particular fight uh, really gives me a lot of confidence in Masvidal moving forward um, that if he's able to just kind of to listen so well and, and get these things down, man, I think he's going to be a force to be reckoned with as well in this division. Um, so, I mean, that was my, uh, my, my knockout there. Nice. Well, I went with the more obvious choice from that month because it's probably well not probably it's in the running for knockout of the year uh, and that would be the showtime punch I don't care what he decides to call it uh, until he changes the name and gives us something he's like well you know I just want to sit with it for a while you know and not give you something immediately like I did with the showtime kick well it's a showtime punch and it's not the showtime punch it's a super show punch so um he has one or two choices in my book as far as that is concerned. But yes, the KO that Showtime Pettis used, the, the Superman hook that he threw to just absolutely disconnect Wonder Boy from reality. Oh my goodness. It was it was a thing of beauty. And much like the Till Masvidal fight. Wonder Boy was really having his way with Pettis until he wasn't, and yeah, it's just just a thing of beauty, absolute thing of beauty. And like I said, not only 
uh, wasn't the KO of the, the month for me, but it's really in the lead for KO of the year. Kind of like my fight of the month for the month of April now. And it's not just because a Europe Nigerian was in it and won it, but because it was an instant classic. Kelvin Gastelum and Israel Adesanya. Oh my word. Oh my goodness. Oh, it's, it's just so hard to even allow words to fall out of my mouth regarding this because it was just such an awe inspiring fight. I mean, round one, Gastelum was a more effective fighter was doing a good job with his jab and just kind of uh, disrupted Israel. Uh, Israel couldn't get his rhythm. Ooh, but he found it in rounds two and three and then it was his jab that was killing And that kick set up, oh my goodness, if you haven't watched the uh, Monday Morning Analyst by um, oh god, what is his name? I can see Luke Thomas. Luke Thomas. You need to watch that one specifically because he broke down how Adesanya from the same stance, it was the same look, how he would give multiple strikes as far as uh, his his left was concerned. It, he would come up and then he'd uh, throw a punch and the, the left being kick. He'd, throw up, he'd pull his leg up and throw a punch or he'd pull his leg up and uh, hit a question mark kick or he'd pull his leg up and throw a front kick. You just really didn't know what was going to happen when that leg came up. I mean, he was, yeah, he was killing Kelvin. In round four, boy, Kelvin caught him with that head kick and had him doing a stanky leg. Uh, reminded me of the Barbosa Lee fight when Barbosa caught him and had him doing <laughs> doing the same chicken dance but yeah I, I was like concerned I mean he hit him he rocked him uh, even after he did that he was trying to retreat fell back into the cage like this is not looking good oh my goodness Gaston was going to get him and everything was on the line in round 5 he made it out and honestly I think Goddard should have stopped it at the 10 second clapper because Adesanya was dropping those bowls on Gaslam. And it's not like he didn't hit the ground three times before he started dropping the bowls on him. Um, but he didn't stop it. He let it go. And all three judges gave Izzy 10-8 for that round, as they should have. Uh, and just the, the ability to snatch victory from the jaws of defeat. I mean, that, that was really a... Um, a watershed moment in Adesanya's career and it's a fight that that really kind of makes your career so um again I'm not not being uh as overtly biased as I am when it comes to uh Nigerian fighters uh in the UFC it's just yeah that that regardless of who was in that fight that's one of those fights that will go down in history and I'm sure within the next 5 to 10 years will be in the Hall of Fame because it was just that phenomenal what did you have as fight of the month favor? see I was going to go with a, that fight and then I realized that it was you and I talking about this. <laughs> <laughs> so I knew exactly where you were going which is fine because April had uh, quite a few fight of the nights, and in particular, this card had a couple fight of the nights. Yeah, uh, 
candidates. So I'll just move uh, a few minutes into uh, the future past what you are talking about. And let's talk about Max Holloway versus Dustin Poirier. Uh, another one that not uh, not quite um, as uh, not quite like the Adesanya Gatsalon fight, but a uh, very uh, a very good fight in its own right. Mm-hmm. Um, there wasn't there really wasn't just it's weird because there kind of was, but there really wasn't at the same time. Like that that moment where you thought for sure, oh, here it is. Oh, man, this is somebody that's going to take it because Holloway was able to wear his, you know, whatever, his, it, the shots that he was taking pretty well. And when Poyer got hit uh, the one time, you know, he went in, shot the double leg and was able to hold on for the end of the round. Um, so there really wasn't that piece to it. But just the expert striking by the two guys – um, was really what what kind of made this one memorable for me, especially since it was coming right on the heels of the fight you just talked about. Right. Um, the fact that this fight didn't just get forgotten immediately should tell you like the caliber of the fight. Um, I will say in this one that Holloway definitely uh, was definitely getting pushed around. I mean, Poirier was definitely the the stronger guy, um, just in looks alone. Um, right. Dustin looked just looked massive in comparison. Um, Holloway was still, I mean, it was still Max Holloway, though. I mean, whenever he got a chance to string together a couple of, of strikes, I mean, he was doing some damage and would move uh, Dustin back. But, but really, it's not this matchup stylistically was just not good in my opinion for Max Holloway. Uh, Holloway is a pressure guy, but so is Poirier. He loves that. He loves to throw strikes. Um, MMA by the numbers. Uh, I, I wish I knew the stat right off right off hand, but they were talking uh, last time uh, with with Poirier in the Alvarez two fight um, that he was one, he's one of the top uh, output strikers in in the lightweight division. Uh, so you had two guys that are ha- high output, and with Poirier being the bigger, stronger guy, when Max would start to come, uh, Dustin would just throw would throw hard. And would throw as fast as he could, and kind of, and that would create that separation, which Max doesn't typically give. Um, did very good at keeping the distance, very good at throwing the jab, uh, and again, just being the bigger, stronger guy. Um, Dustin looked phenomenal. I know he he was fighting a forty five. I mean, that's what we're, we're talking about right now. But nonetheless, I mean, Max Holloway. People have been calling for Max Holloway to move up to fifty five for quite a while. Uh, if we remember the last time he pulled out of the Ortega fight. Um, everybody was saying that he should be done at 45 and needs to move up to 55 so he can clean that division out. Mm-hmm. And we saw that's not necessarily the case. And I don't think that's because Max Holloway is a bad 55er. I think it's because Dustin Poirier is a good 55er. And, I mean, his resume in his last five fights speaks for itself. I mean, this dude has been a freaking killer. His last just – I mean, he's just been knocking dudes out, uh, winning these fights uh, against high-level competition, and then comes in and beats Max Holloway which is just not something that happens very often. Um, again, you can say it's a different weight class. That's fine. But, I mean, these two guys put on a, a, a just a war, and then the respect between them two was just another thing that really stood out to me. Um, if you don't know about Dustin, he has that, uh, what is, I believe it's Good Fight Charity or, or something like that. I can't remember right. the name of it. I think um, it's the Good Fight. I believe so too. And Max Holloway immediately after the fight takes his fight gear, signs this stuff, and then gives it to Dustin and says, Put this into your charity for the auction. I mean, these guys are stand up dudes. 
awesome fighters and put on one heck of a fight uh, here in April, especially on the heels again of a a a, a fight that that, that was uh, that you just talked about with Gaslam in uh, in Adesanya. Yeah, I agree wholeheartedly. The fact that um, it would have immediately been within the running for uh, fight of the year had it not followed. Uh, uh, Adesanya and, and Gaslam and, and it was just the, the perfect fight to end the night with without Gaslam and Adesanya being the last fight because I, I don't know about you but after seeing that I was done I was like okay I'm exhausted I can't take anymore uh, you know I, I'm, I'm ready to go but that I'm so glad that it, it worked out the way that it did that was that was such a wonderful wonderful fight and I'm stalling right now because I'm trying to pull up Fourier uh, because of something that you said, and I just wanted to touch on it. Um, but he has beaten like so many champions within the last couple fights. I mean, I, and I, I, I want to find it so I can I can give him his just due. Uh, yeah, his last, and I mean, I've got. I just pulled it up here. His. Uh... He's gone. He's he's got five in a row. He did Jim Miller beat Jim Miller by decision. You had the uh, Eddie Alvarez uh, no contest, and then from right. then he he has body triangle Anthony Pettis TKO mm-hmm. Justin Gagey mm-hmm. TKO Eddie Alvarez, mm-hmm. and then for uh, and then the, the unanimous decision against Max Holloway. Right, and that's that's what I was trying to remember. I thought it was four champions in a row that he dispatched, and. One from each of the major U.S. organizations, um, mm-hmm. and he's the only person to have beaten one from each of the major U.S. organizations uh, that's out right now. The only other person to do that was uh, Eddie Alvarez. You know, uh, he won the championship in Bellator, so he had to beat Michael Chandler to do that, uh, beating JDS. I'm sorry, not JDS, RDA for the, uh, the yeah, that would have been interesting, lightweight and heavyweight. Anyway, <laughs> beat RDA for the UFC belt and then beat um, Justin Gagey in a phenomenal fight for the most violent uh, man in MMA um, before running into to the Diamond twice. And then Shucks, he uh, did not fare well at all. <laughs> In his one debut, so we'll see. Uh, Not at all. <laughs> we'll, we'll see what happens with him going forward. All right, what was your KO of the month? Because as I, I shared with you as we were preparing, I am fairly confident, and I'll be shocked and surprised if uh, what I have matches what you have. Oh man, I'm a little bit nervous now. Then, oh, <laughs> no, there's nothing to be nervous about. Okay. So, and again, this this might be uh, this might be recency bias. This might be uh, just uh, I don't know bias bias. I don't know. Um, but I'm actually gonna I'm gonna reach down into Bellator mm. and and I am going to and again and I'll preface on this, but I'm gonna go with a uh, a friend of a friend of mine. <laughs> Um, he was interviewed by a young man that uh, that talks with us quite a bit uh, named Lyndon Voth, uh, who's had some really phenomenal interviews lately. Mm-hmm. And the interview he dropped just before the Bellator fight was with none other than Cass Bell. Yes. 
and friend, uh, friend of the uh, of the podcast I interviewed Cass. Oh uh, yeah, towards the end of the year. I mean, not the end of the year, the beginning of this. Beginning of the year, yes. Yeah. So there you go. So he's a friend of a couple of my friends, uh, <laughs> and uh, has done some 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 interviews and uh, had the opportunity. You know, uh, was was repping his shirt yesterday here in Vegas. Uh, getting this opportunity to watch and, and the way that he communicates with a lot of us if you're on the Bellator MMA news page um, phenomenal young man um, and, and really putting on some pretty solid performances and the reason I went with him is uh, and, and I, I would love to talk with him to actually get a little bit of background to this much like we got with Masvidal uh, but it seemed to me like he set this knee up. It was a TKO's knee, flying mm-hmm. knee, um, that, that that he hit. Uh, and I'm forgetting the name off the top of my head. Uh, his opponent with. Yeah, I don't uh, remember either. And uh, but he, I mean, Cass in the first round was uh, was kind of getting thrown around a little bit. Uh, was was eating some shots uh, when he'd get taken down. Was able to get up. I mean, he's definitely got a very strong wrestling background. Uh, and then in the second round, he comes back in, and uh, it seemed like. You know, he knew the shots were coming. He was able to scramble a little bit better. Uh, really, he was getting more thrown than taken down. I um, mean, you know, the, his opponent would kind of get him in that that side, lock the hands, and kind of almost uh, like uh, like you know, he'd step through and throw. Um, is how he's getting him down. Is how he's landing the shots. Uh, well, Cass was able to land a couple shots, and I don't know if he just predicted it perfectly or if this was something they had talked about between rounds. But as soon as his opponent went to shoot. He immediately launched in with the knee and caught that thing flush, mm. just flush. And um, I mean, you could hear it. <laughs> it was, it was, uh, it was rough, and it and it was pretty good. A good shot, good clean shot. Uh, again, and I wish I had his name, and I probably should have pulled that up. And I feel bad for not knowing it. Um, but uh, his opponent went down. Cass uh, comes out, wins, has the opportunity to run around. And, uh, you know, does do a shout out to the Bellator MMA page. Um, you know, super proud of him, super happy for him. Um, yes. But also, I mean, really a staple. I mean, his last victory was a a, a, a sweet, I believe, arm bar. I mean, just snatched that sucker off. Looked good. Now he's coming out with a KO um, and a very strong KO. Uh, I believe you actually said it on Twitter, you know, uh, you know, you know, good on him for kind of moving through that adversity and coming yes. with a big win. Um, and that's true, man. That's a big, a big deal. He 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 ran into a, a tough test, and he was able to work through that problem. Um, and and honestly, he he was able to solve it uh, this go around. And again, uh, my knockout of the of the month. Um, again, maybe a little bit of recency bias because it just happened, but uh, nonetheless, I mean, be like that. I mean, that's just something that's going to be highlighted. Uh, that's just highlight material. So I mean, I, absolutely, uh, a good shot for sure. And Peter Ishiguru is the gentleman that he was fighting. Um, Thank you. So yeah, so that uh, you know, we'll help us one to another. But yeah, I I definitely was thinking. Uh, and not only did he battle back from adversity, and what really surprised me about that is, Kansas uh, has been wrestling since like 7th, 8th grade he's been wrestling for a long time teaches wrestling, he loves to to teach his kids wrestling you see if you follow him on social media, like every weekend he's at somebody's wrestling tournament and his kids are there doing things, as a matter of fact the kids were wrestling on Saturday while he was there fighting 
and they won. He was like, yep, now it's time for me to get in and do my thing. Uh, so the fact that Peter was able to toss him the way he did, I was like, man, this is, you know, if anyone was going to have the wrestling advantage, I, I would thought it would have been Cass. But he, uh, like you said, he, he timed that knee perfectly and, uh, and took him out. And not only did he do all that and, and shouted out the page, which, uh, you know, which definitely made all of us who are members of the page feel wonderful. Uh, but above all that, Cass didn't have a nickname, but Big John gave him a nickname. And when you get a nickname from Big John McCarthy, I think you need to take it. It's, just, it's kind, you know, it's kind of hard uh, to to do better than a nickname given to you by um, an absolute legend in MMA. So yes, he uh, whether he likes it or not, is he is Cass Mean Green Bell going forward. I just hope he's able to uh, hold on to his hair during his fighting career and, and keep dying it green because it'll be a little uh, things will be a little different uh, <laughs> if he's got to shave it. Uh, and be mean green but I guess you know he could do some facial hair or something we'll get something worked out I'm sure but yes cast mean green bell well as I shared with you I was uh, fairly confident that my KO of the month wouldn't be anywhere near um, or wouldn't wouldn't even be on the radar because I, I dug deep I was like I don't want and number one the, the KOs in the major organizations for the most part I mean like I said with the exception of that one with Cass and I think there is just some uh, degree of separation bias there and I'm not mad you know I, I, I am as unbiased as I can be but yeah I love Cass so uh, I was very very um, happy to see that happen uh, you got the t-shirt and MTMV Sports gave away a ticket so yeah we definitely were pulling for Cass Bell um, but mine I actually I actually have two I've got two and it's just because I can't decide which one was more um, more spectacular they both had huge implications um, both were for big stakes they were for uh, world titles but I couldn't decide which one was better. One was a flying knee. So uh, since you talked about a flying knee, uh, KO set up, I'm going to start with that one, uh, which both of these took place on uh, one, Roots of Honor. Um, the flying knee was by Martin, the situation you in. Oh, it was such a smooth setup. Uh, he caught Shadumba, who's a former one uh, featherweight champion as well. They were fighting for featherweight championship. Uh, he caught him with two low calf kicks. The first one kind of made him step gingerly. The second one had Shadumba hopping on the other leg. And then uh, Martin just swooped in, caught him with the jump knee. He couldn't go anywhere. Bang! That was it. It was done. Uh, you know, he just walked off. He could have followed up, but he didn't. And the ref called it off. It was just, it was such a smooth setup. Uh, and I don't think I've seen a flying knee knockout like that, where it's it actually is set up by uh, kicks and that low calf kick. I mean, it really had him uh, in trouble where he couldn't put any pressure or any weight on it. And then just to, to follow it up with the, uh, with the jump flying knee was yeah it was, it was a thing of beauty that ended or closed out one roots of honor uh, the fight just before that was for the 
strawweight championship. Uh, yes, one championship does have a strawweight division for men, not for women, but for men. And in that, you had a rematch of uh, the first headlining card for one uh, this year, the first main event, which was Joshua the Passion Pacquiao and uh, Saruta. I can't think of his name. First, I was, uh, you should. Yeah, I'm not getting ready to say because I didn't write it down, but um, uh, I know he was uh, Tobuzaru number two was his nickname, and now it's like Ninja something. I don't know, but um, he lost in his first defense against a former champ, and now they may have to run it again. Oh, it was beautiful. In the fourth round, Pacquiao stopped Saruta with a Morales Sterling kind of knee head kick deal. Uh, and caused Saruta to face plant. That, that's what did it because the fresh was like, yeah, this flying knee, the setup and everything, that's it. But the way that Saruta fell, I mean, just just square on his face, um, body was stuck. I was like, ooh, that's kind of bad. So, uh, salute to uh, to Pacquiao for doing that. Again, I suspect that a rubber match will be following pretty soon all right now we are down to the last honoree of the month submission of the month who do you got uh, who do you have all right well we're gonna take a quick break and come back with that on the other side What's going on, everybody? It's your boy, Damo, from the MTMV Sports Podcast Network, here to tell you about the most dangerous wrestling podcast around, The Outsider's Edge, hosted by myself, my homie Jay Kells, and my homie Sam Blackwell, bringing you the latest and greatest in the world of pro wrestling. So no matter what device you're using, what platform you're on, we've got something for you. You can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Podcast Republic, the Anchor app, or Spotify. Whatever device you're using, whatever platform of your choice, look us up at MTMV Sports, my team, my voice, sports podcast network, and look up the outsider's edge. And if you don't, we hitting you with a bionic elbow out this mug. Yeah. All right. It is time to close out this chapter of Aftermath. We'll close out with the submission of the month. Who do you have for the submission of the month? Uh, for submission of the month, and we actually talked about this a little bit off air, um, it's kind of difficult for submission of the month. Um, honestly, when you were just talking about the Angela Lee fight for, I believe you had that as fight of the year, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I'm sorry. It, I, it broke up a bit on me. Which which fight? The uh, the Angela Lee fight. Oh yeah 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 the the uh, the uh, uh, yeah Xingnan. Yeah yeah uh, Zhang Xingnan Angela Lee yes yes yes. And you had that as fight of the night, and that was ever so close to being submission of the night. <laughs> if Angela Lee would have been able to finish finish her off in the uh, the end of the fourth round there, so I had to go and find a different submission. 
um, and go with uh, Glover Teixeira, another mm. really recent one. Um, but in the like hand of submissions throughout the month of April, um, yes, it was recent, but uh, it was it was it was good. Like it's, uh, and, and I guess I'll explain. I mean, you had Teixeira. Um, you know the 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 far more experienced fighter fighting uh, a far younger uh, opponent in 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 uh, the kind of the I don't want to say disrespect. I mean I know it's 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 part of the fight game now, unfortunately. But you had uh, I believe it was a uh, Kutalaba. Yeah, you are Kutalaba. Kutalaba, and uh, you know when they were doing announcements, he walked over to the chair, gave him the old you know thumb to the throat thing. Uh, <laughs> Teixeira was able to land some. I mean, honestly, the fight as it was going on was uh, was actually a really good fight, kind of back and forth. Um, and then right in the the about, I don't want to say quite the middle of the second round, a little earlier, Teixeira landed a couple of good shots um, and eventually gets uh, gets Kutalaba down on the ground. Uh, eventually, steps over into full mount, starts raining down just massive shots. Kutalaba has to roll over. And when he does, um, Teixeira kind of, you know, first thing, gets him flat. Uh, Teixeira reaches uh, underneath the arms, gets underneath the chin, sees that the rear naked choke is not there, immediately works his way back out, throws a couple punches to soften him up, reaches back under, finds it's not there, hits him two more lefts, and as soon as he hits him with two lefts, he throws that right arm underneath. And in, like, the smoothest transition I've ever seen to a rear naked choke, gets his entire forearm into the throat of Kutalaba, gets his hands shoulder to shoulder and just cranks down. And I mean, just at that point, you know, it's tap or nap. Immediately he gets the tap. Um, just really, really, really good work uh, from that mounted, uh, from being mounted on the back. Um, didn't try to force it, didn't try to roll him over, didn't try to do a whole lot of work to burn out his arms, to have, you know, to, to shove your forearm into a guy's chin. Um, once he realized it wasn't there, he softened him up with the blows. He realized he was in a phenomenal position. There was no chance Kudala was going to get himself rolled back over. Um, and so instead of forcing it, just softened him up. And when it was ready, that rear naked sunk in so, so deep with minimal effort. Um, and then able just to secure that thing and secure the tap. Um, really, really just a phenomenal transition uh, from the full mount to that rear naked choke in that span of, I don't know, 30 seconds maybe. Mm -hmm. um, really just a phenomenal display of of what ground and pound can add to jujitsu. Um, far too often, I think you see too many people trying to force the jujitsu aspect and don't respect what that that those strikes can continue to do to help soften up your opponent to move arms you've got to move your head at some point once you move your head you you expose that chin or, or rather you expose that neck um you're able to sink it in uh just really really a phenomenal display by by Tashira. and um definitely one i'm gonna watch again just to just that whole sequence to just watch how he did it and just really at that point see like a master at work i mean it was really impressive yeah, yes, it was, and uh, got the uh, performance of the night bonus for the work that he did. So that was a, a excellent, excellent choice on your part, uh, as I stated in uh, as we talked off air, preparing to 
do this uh, podcast my submission of the month was more for the history between the fighters than anything uh, and, and that's why it really stuck out to me and it was you know it wasn't the most special uh, submission we didn't see a lot of crazy submissions really in the month of April uh, but for me it was Nikita Kreloff's rear naked choke of OSP and that's because of all the history this is a rematch of a fight and I want to say they first fought in 2012 um, may have been a little sooner than that I don't know I think maybe I've got a little uh, Avengers Endgame hangover so uh, don't <laughs> <laughs> don't quote me on the year uh, anyway uh, and if and that shouldn't spoil anything for anyone. You you know if you haven't seen it, you'll see it. You'll see 2012. Not telling you where they were, or anything of that nature. But anyway, I digress. It was a rematch, and that rematch was the beginning of the Von Fruit choke. That was the first uh, Von Fruit that OSP uh, completed and tapped anyone with in the UFC he's then gone on to do it two other times and the fact that they were fighting again uh, you know it's like hmm how's this gonna work especially for uh, Nikita because he went on a run outside of the UFC but then when he came back uh, Jan Blahovich just destroyed him so it's like oh you know that you lost your last fight on the way out the, to, out the door and now you lost your last fight on the way back in the door, you know, are you done? So there was a lot riding on the line for Kreloff and for him to not just win, but to win by way of submission against someone who has submitted him. It was like, okay, if he's going to win, it's probably going to be on the feet. That's where he would have the better opportunity, you know, on the ground. Nobody really wants to mess with OSP on the ground, but he did it and much of it had to do with the feet though he beat him so badly on the feet that when he got down to the ground and got the ground and pound going uh it opened up things for that rear naked choke much like with the uh with the sub of the month that you had uh, as well it was the striking prowess that led to the door opening for the rear naked choke and taking it out but again just the way that he won it based on the way that he lost it the first time and the stakes for him this would have been his third straight loss in the UFC and really could have spilled the beginning of the end of his UFC career now well let me not say the beginning of the end it could have ended it was like look you lost the last one out the door you know the two fights you had coming back you lost them and we got a decent contract with you we're not going to keep paying you all this money to lose and not to be competitive so uh, because of the stakes and the history and the fact that he was able to get it done on the ground is the reason why that's my submission of the month for April so yeah that uh, does it for this edition of Aftermath I know you've been missing us everybody Uh, so uh, thankfully you all have still been tuning in to all the MTNV sports related things and been getting your fix as far as fights are concerned but we're going to do our best to do a better job of coming to you with this on a monthly basis um, and feel free to hit us up 
on the socials uh, for MCMV Sports. It's just that MCMV Sports on everything, whether that's Twitter, Facegram, Facegram. <laughs> We're saying as Facebook owns Instagram. I guess I could say that. Hey, I'm uh, about to say you're not too wrong. <laughs> yeah, it, Facegram, Instabook, uh, it doesn't matter. <laughs> it's MTMV Sports <laughs> on everything uh, for that. Uh, Josh, why don't you give the socials uh, for Ambush? Uh, yeah, you can jump on. Uh, it's at Ambush Sports on Twitter. Uh, you can check uh, on Facebook or Ambush Sports. And on Instagram, we are ambushsports.network. Uh, you can find us there doing all kinds of stuff, different sports, MMA stuff. Um, that's actually where we were. Uh, that is where we were uh, live tweeting, I guess, uh, mm-hmm. the real MMA event, as it's called. Um, so you can definitely follow us there for a, a bunch of different live tweet style uh, events for these smaller leagues uh, around the around the country. Honestly, we got people all over helping us out with that. So for sure. At, Am- at Ambler Sports, you can find me at Bearded Moose, and that's with two zeros. So that's M00SE. And uh, I'd love to talk with y'all too. So you can find me on Twitter at Bearded Moose. That's what's up. And uh, likewise for me, uh, if you want to get uh, to me specifically or directly, you don't want to go through the MTMV Sports channels. I am the voice. That's T H A. V as in Victor, O, Y as in Yankee, Z as in Zulu, E on all social media platforms. Well, uh, it's been good being back in the saddle with my MMM, uh, my MMM, my MM main man, uh, Josh Moose. I, I, I mean, yeah, it just does my heart good to uh, have uh, these good conversations with such a knowledgeable uh man and and let me say this ambush sports is doing its thing i I had the pleasure of reading an article recently that hit home about football and i'm not talking about the national football league but uh the game of football as it is called all across the world with the exception of the u.s and that would be uh, since we're backwards and we drive on the wrong side of the street and still use uh, antiquated methods of measuring everything, um, <laughs> we would choose a different name for a sport that, that the whole world calls something else. But yeah, we call it soccer here, but the whole world calls it football. And um, the article about the MLS expansion hit home because of our failed bid last time. How Cincinnati get a team and St. Louis not get a team? I don't get that. I really don't. Uh, but uh, I know that the ownership group that's behind it is uh, rock solid and has been pushing very very hard for it. St. Louis has a uh, love of football that's gone back to the 80s. I mean we had an indoor uh, football team uh, called the Steamers and yeah they got great great support always on TV so uh, St. Louis is a football town and having an MLS team would be phenomenal I know that the city would support it wholeheartedly as they do the minor league team that we've got so that's what's up but yeah so all that to say uh, give Ambush Sports a look they've got uh, some wonderful writers covering a multitude of things tennis golf uh wwe i mean you name it they're they're covering it 
And then also, of course, uh, make sure you follow in MTMV Sports uh, as we give you updates on WWE, uh, National Football League, uh, probably some XFL. I'm, I'll probably be doing some XFL coverage uh, being here in St. Louis and having a team. I'll probably get a little FFL in too if I can, but uh, we'll see how that goes as the time goes on. But yeah, with uh, football, basketball, baseball, uh, MMA, you name it, we're covering it. And uh, if, we're co- if we're not covering something or a team that you would like to see covered, uh, uh, slide in the DMs. It's all right. We're we're uh, uh, we're, we're, do- we're sliding professionally, so professionally sliding the DMs, um, <laughs> and we'll we'll be happy to talk to you about um, letting your voice be heard for your team. So yeah, uh, uh, so for. MTMV Sports and Aftermath bring you the month that was in MMA uh, and for my host Josh Musil it's your man the voice until the next time and until the horn sounds fight the good fight and now the time fight fans all across the globe have been waiting for It's the MTMV main card with your man, The Voice. Whether it's spectacular striking, smothering ground and pound, the sweet science or slick submissions, we cover it all. Every single Friday, wherever you listen to podcasts, sports fans rejoice. My team, my voice.